Hi, I'm Thomas. Welcome to the Parachute Advice Podcast. My life has taken a lot of twists and turns, and on this podcast, I will dive into those experiences. The goal is to help everyone listening learn from my experiences and hopefully avoid some of the mistakes I've made. Welcome to today's episode of the Parachute Advice Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas. Today, I want to cover a very different topic, but one that I have had experience in and seems very timely with the current state of the job market and the economy. What is this? Well, it's getting laid off from work or planning for the inevitable layoff that could happen. To start, let me tell you the story of my layoff. This event changed everything in my life, from how I manage my career to how I manage my finances and just generally how I live my life. It all began a few years after college. I'd gotten a job as an analyst for an health insurance company. It wasn't my dream job, but I enjoyed it. The pay was good and the work was interesting. I spent most of my time doing research for projects that our executive team was working on. It allowed me to develop a lot of skills I still use to this day. I was at the company for three years when the fateful day hit. I knew it was coming. My manager was frankly a terrible people person with little understanding of how to treat employees with respect. She had little to no understanding how her actions impacted people around her. I will say this is a prime example of taking something negative in your life and making the best of it. I learned a great deal about being a manager by looking at all the things she did wrong. What do I mean by this? Well, let's take how I knew about my impending layoff. We sat in cubes next to each other, and one day I overheard her on the phone walking through the details of the layoffs for one of her analysts that would be occurring in the next month. Well, here's the problem. I was her only analyst, so I was fairly confident it was going to be me. I asked her if anything was going on and if I should, say, polish up my resume, and she flat out lied and said no. I was not necessarily asking for a straight answer. While that would have been great, I was expecting some sort of heads up like a, well, you know, it's never a bad idea to have your resume updated. This very situation came up when I was a manager years later in my career. I had an employee give me his two weeks notice to go on a once in a lifetime three month trip. I flatly rejected it and told him to give me some time. I had heard layoffs were coming and if I could convince management to make him one of them, he would have been laid off the week before his trip started with 26 weeks of full pay and benefits. Ultimately, I couldn't get it to work out primarily because I worked for another terrible manager who said flat out, no, this is good. We get to do our two layoffs. And with him quitting, it'll make it look like we went well above and beyond to reduce salary and expenses by a third person because we just won't backfill him then. But I digress, back to my story. At this point, the health insurance company had been doing regular layoffs monthly and at times weekly, and everyone had heard the rumors of the big one. It had gotten so bad that most people would check every Thursday if your friends were still there in the afternoon since Thursdays had become known as the layoff day. So there we sat. The impending doom was coming. I was early in my career and frankly naive. I figured I'd get some time off and then I'd jump right into a new job within a few weeks or months at worst. Man, was I wrong. There I sat in my cubicle on my 31st birthday when I heard the conversation. Yes, I can bring him down to HR at 10.30 a.m. tomorrow. Nope. No problem. I'll tell him it's a last minute meeting for a project. Great. See you then. So there it was. The day and time was finalized. How was I going to handle this? Well, first things first. I didn't want to be that guy. You know the one. The person carrying the box out, or in my company's case, coming back in on a Saturday escorted to your desk by security to get your stuff. So I stayed late the night before and packed my desk and took it out to my car. The next day, I would just have my messenger bag with me and nothing else. So the day arrived and the shock of what was happening hit fast. They were doing mass layoffs, 20 to 30 people at a time in large conference room. 
By 10 a.m., 50 people I heard had already been let go. So I said, fuck it. I'm not making this easy. So I left and went to lunch at the mall across the street. I didn't have a set lunch hour, so it wasn't unheard of to go eat early if you had an afternoon filled with meetings. God, was my manager pissed when I came back around noon? She stormed into my cube and said, we need to go to this last minute meeting downstairs. I said, okay. I put on my coat and grabbed my bag. She yelled and said, what are you doing? Just grab a notebook and a pen. I laughed and said, I know what this is and I don't plan to have to come back for my stuff. So there we went to the packed room with a bunch of people who thought this was just a last minute HR meeting because I was the last one there and late, the only seat left was in the front of the room. So I had to climb through a crowded room to my seat. I waved to friends I knew in the room and made comments like, sorry to see you here too. At that moment, it set in for everyone in the room what was happening. Some people started crying, others started yelling. We spent 30 minutes listening to how this severance package would work and what would happen with our benefits. I even joked about how I only had 12 hours left to come up with a way to use my company-provided life insurance before it was canceled. At that point, they asked us to quietly exit through a back door to an alley. At that point, I just shook my head no and pushed past the security guard and walked out the front door, head held high knowing that no matter what happened after this day, it would be the last time I let a company control my fate. That day, the company laid off 10% of its workforce, or around 200 people. As I mentioned earlier, I figured as I drove home I would be off of work for a few weeks, then be right back at it. Little did I realize it was about to take me 11 and a half months to get a new job. I made looking for a job a full-time job, but I quickly realized I was going to have to cut my expenses to the bare minimum to make it. At that time, I was living with my sister in a house we had inherited after my mom had died. The mortgage wasn't terrible split between two people, but I had a lot of other expenses due to some very terrible financial choices I had made after college. Ultimately, I was out of work for almost 12 months, nearly went bankrupt, and ended up ended that period of my life with a net worth somewhere around negative $200,000. Yes, you heard me right. Other than a small 401k, I had no savings, owed $150,000 on a house, and had twenty dollars to $30,000 in credit card debt. Luckily, I did sell my boat, which I had still owed about $30,000 on, walking away with $2,500 from the sale after paying off the loan. Believe it or not, that $2,500 would be the difference between making it or not. The day I started my new job, 11 and a half months after getting laid off, I had around $1,000 left to my name. It was a horrible experience overall. But as the line goes, the hardest situations make us stronger and better in the long run. I now keep a 12-month emergency fund, a separate house emergency fund, and additional investments and savings for that exact reason. I also live well below my means at all times just to be safe. How far below my means? Well, I put 32% of my gross income into savings every year. Basically, after taxes and other deductions, I live on less than 50% of my take-home pay. So now let's get into some tips, tricks, and plans everyone should have in place just in case. First off, most of these are in the best interest to have no matter whether you're going through a layoff or not or a rough economy or not. They're just good to have in your back pocket for emergencies. I am a firm believer in the idea that if you have a solid plan in place for the worst case, then you don't have to stress about the worst case. Some of these things may take years of hard work to get in place. For example, I have been working on my emergency funds for 10 years while at the same time paying down as much debt as possible. First things first, just live below your means and save. I know it's hard to understand if you're not there, but the level of freedom and calmness that you attain with financial freedom cannot be explained until you get there. My sister and I were just talking the other day and she has gotten there just like I have. 
And she was shocked to see how calming it was to know that she was in the best financial situation she's ever been in and didn't have to worry about small little expenses or emergencies coming up. To give you an idea what I mean, when I was in my worst, I signed up for online bill pay, not because I wanted to make it easier, but because there were days I had to wait until the last minute to pay a bill to avoid bouncing a check. I often played the what can I pay late without a fee game just to survive. I was so short on money that a few dollars here or there was a difference between being able to pay my electric bill or put gas in my car to get to a job interview. That is why I live so far below my means to this day and save as much as possible. To that point, I keep two budgets. One is my current one based on being employed and another one is based on job loss. It shows me exactly every expense I would immediately cut the moment I got laid off, lost my job, or thought that I was going to lose my job. For example, things like all the streaming services, app subscriptions, as well as how tight can I cut my grocery bills or other controlled expenses. This is also a great way to regularly review what you're spending on in general and really decide whether it's worth it or not. Hell, I have friends who have given me a hard time from time to time about being a, quote, prepper. Well, for example, I keep about two or three months of dried and canned shelf-stable food in an emergency kit. Guess what? That means between that and the other food that I normally have around the house, I could easily go three to four months without grocery shopping if needed if I lost my job. Any place you can save will help if the worst happens. Like I gave you the earlier example, look at how tight it got to the end before I got another job. So that little extra bit would have helped a ton. Some of this financial info is going to be very household specific. For example, is it a two income household with balanced incomes or a single household like me? Or is one of you the primary income producer? For example, is one person in a high six figure earner career and the other one not? How at risk is the high income earner of losing their job? How easy could they replace that income if it's lost? As I mentioned earlier, I thought when it happened to me, I would only be out of work for a few weeks, maybe a month or two at worst. I went as far as turning down a contractor role early in my job search because I was so confident that I would get a full-time job and I didn't want to take the first thing that just came along. Honestly, I still regret that call to some degree to this day. As you can tell, it all worked out in the long run, but I certainly took the harder path out of arrogance. Don't underestimate the importance of benefits and the costs. Yes, there's things like COBRA for health insurance, but it's extremely expensive. That said, when unemployed, that's not the time to roll the dice on not having health insurance. But again, are you in a dual income, dual benefits household? Then you have less of a risk there. As the guys on the Money Guy show always like to say, bad things are extroverts. They love to travel together. So layoffs are usually timed with a stock market downturn, tightening job markets and other issues. Hence, why my emergency fund is in cash and why I also have a second home emergency fund. So yes, you heard that right. I keep enough on hand to cover 12 months of living expenses and a second one to cover nearly every possible home repair I can think of that can come up from a water heater failing to an appliance dying. Hell, right before I lost my job all those years ago, I had my refrigerator die. I also had a ton of car issues at the same time. At times, the car issues made it hard to get to job interviews, which only makes the problem worse. Once having my car go into quote limp mode on the way to a job interview, thankfully I left with enough time to still make it on time even if I could only go 25 miles an hour on side streets to an interview that was over 20 miles away. But worse yet, I had my car die in front of the window of the hiring manager I had just interviewed with. There is nothing worse than having him watch me while I try to start a dead car to ultimately have to call for a tow and get hit with a huge repair bill. I don't say this to scare you one, but to educate you. Keep in mind, 
even if you only save a few months of funds or have just enough to cover deductibles on insurance, every little bit will help if something bad happens. Know your situation and what the risks are. Next is your resume. I will follow up in future career planning episodes, or if you want, go back to some of my older episodes on this topic to go more in depth. But at a high level, make sure your resume is always ready to go. I make sure to have an up-to-date copy ready to share at a moment's notice. If you just started a new job, pick the top five to 10 items from the job description. You did save the job description for the job you applied to, right? If not, make sure you're doing that. But again, make sure to get those top five to 10 bullet points on your resume and LinkedIn as quickly as possible. Then as you go through the new job, update your resume and LinkedIn accordingly. But those few points are already a good starting point to make sure that your resume and your LinkedIn are already updated and ready to go. Also, make sure you have a plan on where you would and could apply at a moment's notice. How do I do this? Well, first off, I never turn off any of my job alerts. I may pare them down, but I keep them going in some form. I also like to do this just to see what the state of the local job market is in. Also, have a target list of potential employers and roles you could and should apply to. For example, I am a supply chain manager, so I know this is an option, as well as, if needed, roles that I've held previously earlier in my career. For example, I could take a pay cut and go back to being a buyer or a planner just to get some income and benefits. Or maybe I'd leave the manufacturing industry and try other ones. It was this type of mindset that landed me in manufacturing to begin with and a career I love to this day because I was open to being flexible and looking for any opportunity. All of these are great things to have in your plan in general for career planning and growth, but even more so when your job situation is unstable or appears to be unstable. Here is a big one. Network while you don't need to network. So it's there when you do need it. Also be professional and respectful about it. I'll give you this example that just recently happened to me. An old friend reached out to catch up and do some networking. We made lunch plans and the day came and I went and I sat for over an hour at the lunch spot waiting for him to arrive. When I finally reached out and asked if everything was okay, I simply got an, oh, I forgot to add it to my calendar. We should reschedule. See what I did there? First off, I wasn't confrontational. I made it clear that my assumption was that perhaps something had happened. Maybe something more important came up. It came from a place of compassion and not anger over having to sit and wait for him to arrive. But no big shock here, I've yet to reschedule. And honestly, it's gonna take a lot for me to reschedule because I value my time and the respect of being left sitting at a restaurant waiting. How hard is it to simply put something on a calendar? Why do I tell you this? Because there's a great example of somebody who failed at networking and it may ultimately hurt them in the long run. Maybe not. But the point is, Being professional and respectful is key to networking. Same goes for not burning bridges when you leave a role. No matter what, you never know if you need to go back. Finally, stay on top of industry news, information, and skills. It is one reason I change roles as often as I do. I don't want to ever get, quote, institutionalized. What do I mean by this? Well, only being good at what you do because you do it at that place, that company, or that role for a long enough period of time. I've seen this too often. People who look very good at their job and the moment they leave a company, they struggle because it turns out they were only good at it when they were at a company they had been at for 10, 20, 30 years and they ultimately end up having to come back. In the end, planning for layoffs can be scary, but if you stick to my few key tips, it will be a lot easier if it ever does happen. In summary, live below your means, save and build an emergency fund, know when, where, and how to cut expenses, Keep your network updated as well as your resume and LinkedIn. And finally, 
Always be focused on growth in your career. Most important is to learn from my mistakes and try to avoid doing the same things I did. And top on that list is don't ever buy a boat. Let me repeat that. Number one on my list is don't buy a boat. Thank you for listening. Please join me again for future episodes. You can contact me at parachuteadvicepodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's all one word, parachuteadvicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at parachuteadvice. Again, thank you for listening, and please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.